Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The tried and tested story in wrestling is the superstar who refuses to lose. Be it because they don't think their opponent is worthy enough or the story doesn't make sense, they decline the request to stare at the light, and that is that. Others, however, see it very differently. I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 Wrestlers who refuse to win. Number 10, Bret Hart refuses to defeat The Rock. All the way back on the 31st of March, 1997, Raw, Bret the Hitman Hart made yet another positive call for the wrestling business as a whole when he said he didn't think it made any sense to beat The Rock. Tied into the fact that according to Hart, the likes of Triple H and Shawn Michaels had seen something in the People's Champion and therefore tried to cut his legs off to stop him getting any momentum, Bret went the other way. If he was destined to be a main eventer, the hitman would help him. This is why when Hart was booked to win the Intercontinental Championship from The Rock, he told management that was a bad idea. How is that going to help this rookie if he loses both a match and then his title? As such, the finish was changed to a DQ and this was a common theme in the family. Brother Owen also went out of his way to try and help the great one. Number 9. Brock Lesnar tells WWE Goldberg should win. The Survivor Series 2019 main event was awesome. Still a match I returned to a lot as it's such a wonderful surprise, it also just shows that Brock Lesnar gets it. After Bill Goldberg had a wave of new support for a proper return after he featured in the WWE video game, Paul Heyman went to the powers that be and said, why don't we bring him back? Put him against Brock, with Lesnar finally getting his win back from WrestleMania 20. Doesn't that sound like a smart plan? The night before the pay-per-view, though, it all changed. After seeing there was far more money to be made with the shock victory and a payoff a few months later, Lesnar went to management and said, I should lose. This was massive, especially as Brock being defeated basically never happened. I mean, you have to be on the show first. (laughs) That's a joke. He also got schooled at the Royal Rumble with the ending coming at Mania 33 where Brock beat Bill for the Universal title. And all of this was great. Number 8, Edge says no to breaking The Undertaker's streak. The Undertaker vs Edge at WrestleMania 24 was a worthy main event. Many questioned this when it was decided this should go on last, but we needn't have worried. The dead man choked the rated R superstar out thanks to the Hell's Gate submission after 25 minutes to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. It was really well done, but this wasn't the original plan. There's always rumors that certain people were chosen to beat The Undertaker's streak, such as Mark Henry and Randy Orton, but both Michelle McCool and Edge himself have mentioned in interviews that the idea at one point was for the ultimate opportunist to give the Phenom his first loss at the show of shows. The reason it didn't happen is because Edge thought this was nuts. Seeing it as a scenario that would just piss off fans that love Taker rather than do anything for him, Edge went to Vince McMahon and co to remind them how important this run had been. They must have agreed. This, of course, brings into debate whether Lesnar should have been the guy, but hey, it happened. There's no point crying over the past 
There's enough to cry about right now. Number seven, Kurt Hawkins refused to be anybody for almost three years. My word. Coming back into the WWE in 2016 when officials decided they needed some good hands to beef up their roster, Kurt Hawkins' initial gimmick was that he never actually had a match because of outside shenanigans. When he finally did wrestle, he beat Apollo Crews, and that was his last win until 2019. Instead, he went on a massive losing streak, which clearly wasn't any kind of plan, because on a random B-show, all of a sudden Hawkins learned he was booked to beat Heath Slater. Realizing fans were starting to realize that he never won, Kurt requested that he was not victorious in order to keep this going. He wasn't wrong, as this did get more and more chatter before Hawkins, alongside tag team partner Zack Ryder, did indeed win the World Tag titles when they beat the revival at wrestlemania 35 and how did kurt win with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment the surprise roll-up i mean what else number six david san martino does a reverse montreal during a house show so this was a weird one. During the mid-80s, David San Martino would often find himself near the top of the card when involved with his father Bruno, and then falling quite considerably as soon as that story was over. As you can imagine, David didn't enjoy that, so he quit, and he came back, then he quit. This was just the way. Jump to 1985, however, and the young San Martino was facing Big Ron Shaw in a house show where he was booked to get a quick win, but this didn't happen. Frustrated once again that afterwards he would have no plans, as soon as Ron locked on a bear hug, David submitted as some sort of rubbish protest to how he was being treated. It confused the commentators something fierce and they tried to cover, and later on Dave admitted this was stupid and immature. Ever since it's been dubbed the Phantom Submission Match, brought to life simply because WWE used somebody's son to try and get the father more involved. That has got to be the most wrestling thing ever. Number 5. Ric Flair Calls an Audible to Avoid a Riot Jack Veneno was a local hero in the Dominican Republic during the 80s. His personality had turned him into a star on the island while on a grander stage rick flair was drawing massive audiences wherever he went as the nwa world champion a clash between the two in 1982 just made all this sense the finish was always going to be flair winning as the national wrestling alliance committee had no interest in jack holding the title but then things went bad the fans that night were getting restless when it seemed like their chosen one wouldn't win and when roddy piper went to get involved as was the plan armed guards stuck guns in his face and told him to think twice sadly celine dion was nowhere around realizing him winning would result in a riot the nature boy called an audible and told veneno to roll him up for the quick one two three so he did that also meant that jack was the new champ but the nwa was so upset about this they just refused to acknowledge it because wrestling. Number four, Cody Rhodes decides Darby Allen should become a star. Happening all the way back at Fighter Fest 2019, this was a pet project for Cody Rhodes in many ways. He had seen Darby Allen and decided he'd be a great fit for AEW, made sure he got brought in, and then went about trying to bring him up the ladder. So when the two went at it during the pay-per-view, Tony Khan thought it made sense for Cody to win and cement him as one of All Elite Wrestling's main stars. Rhodes disagreed because, as mentioned, he had visions of making Darby, so he said he should lose, the compromise being a 20-minute draw. It would be a year later when this narrative was seen all the way through when Allen did beat Cody for the TNT title, and the extra build certainly did not hurt. In fact, it definitely helped. Number three, Tommy Dreamer refused to lose a Raven. Tommy Dreamer's awesome feud with Raven in ECW you hit the highs it did thanks to the backstory. Childhood friends that drifted apart with Beulah McGillicutty being introduced as the heartbroken girl wanting revenge, it soon evolved into the fact that no matter what he did, Dreamer couldn't beat Raven. Ever. During their two-year program, Tommy never won, and this was because the hardcore legend didn't want to. He thought it made much more sense for his underdog character to go throughout his career without ever winning or holding the WCW world title, because that's what made the most sense 
So he didn't. Sadly for Tom, events eventually meant Paul Heyman begged him to not only win this belt, but to defeat Raven for it. And that's the way it went. Still though, who else would have done this? Not Hulk Hogan. Number two, Chris Jericho tells Vince McMahon John Cena should win. Vengeance 2002 was almost 20 years ago. How the hell is that possible? It was also when Chris Jericho was coming off his run as undisputed champion and looking for his next steps. It all came in the form of new boy John Cena. Cena had debuted weeks earlier and had a ruthless aggression match against Kurt Angle before moving on to Y2J when Jericho beat him in a SmackDown singles match after putting his feet on the ropes. This then led into a tag match between Cena and Taker taking on Angle and Jericho where John actually got one over Chris after using the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. Of course. The next step was the vengeance match which Jericho was going to win until he rang Vince McMahon and told him this was the wrong idea. The champion had seen something in Cena and thought they should harness this and amazingly he got his way. It sounds like he just nagged McMahon into submission but either way the boss told him to do whatever he wanted before putting down the phone. As such at the pay-per-view Cena won again thanks to the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and that was that. I mean it probably would have been better if he'd been victorious after his big move but whatever. Number one, Scott Hall puts Chris Jericho over. We go all the way back to 1997 again, which when, of course, WCW was still around. Oh, the memories. In November of that year, though, Scott Hall and Chris Jericho were also going at it, with Hall giving the young Jericho a lot in order to establish him as a star. On this night, though, he went one step further. Outside of all of these rumors that the clique refused to put anyone over, here was Razor Ramon not only losing to the 123 kid, but also doing the same for Jericho despite the fact the script said for Hall to kick the crap out of him. This seemed stupid to Scott as he talked about in many interviews. Instead of giving Chris Jericho the Razor's edge over and over again, Hall pulled him aside and told him to figure out a way to surprise pin him from the move. So as ever, once again, we use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. It did do wonders for the new boy, though, as nobody saw it coming. And Hall had also said that he was ready to take all the heat backstage. So he did. Not only was he chewed out by Arn Anderson when he walked through the curtain, he was also asked what the hell happened when he bumped into Eric Bischoff. Scott Hall being Scott Hall just asked whether the boss liked his segment or not and refused to answer the very simple question of... Didn't I tell you to win? To Hall, this was all irrelevant. Eric threw his hands up in the air... And that was that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.